0: This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated podcast. I'm your host, PWI, Senior Writer. Al Castle, going to be joined in a moment by my co host Brian Solomon. And of course, we are going to be talking about WrestleMania coming this weekend. Uh, I'm heading down to Tampa for it on Friday. Very excited. Um, Obviously, it's been a while since we've been able to see live wrestling. And uh, we kick it off with the biggest show of the year. And Brian and I will be breaking it all down. We're going to go through the whole card, give our take on different matches. Um, On the show, some folks left off of the show also talk about the uh, Hall of Fame induction that we saw on Tuesday night, uh, both the 2020 and 2021 class, and uh, talk about who was included. Uh, who's not, um, give our thoughts about the uh, Legacy Hall of Fame and a lot more. So a real fun episode. Um, you, you can't help but, at least maybe I should just speak for myself, uh, uh, I can't help but kind of become a mark again uh, over WrestleMania week uh, as much as uh, we can become very cynical covering the wrestling business uh, this is always uh, the weekend where we just kind of go back to just being uh, a fan. Uh, excited about the show uh, this weekend, both nights. I'll be there both both nights, um, you know, not the most loaded WrestleMania card ever, Uh, but when uh, you really break it down, as Brian and I are about to, uh, you see there's a lot of potential there for uh, some real special matches and uh, maybe some surprises, so uh, stay tuned Um, check out the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I think as we're talking, it just dropped the digital uh, edition, and it is our annual Wrestlemania coverage uh, issue this year, uh, we are talking in the hot seat interview with one of the stars of Wrestlemania 37, maybe the main eventer for one of the nights Bianca Belair. She's going to be challenging uh, Sasha Banks for the SmackDown uh, women's title. And uh, she's got a lot to say. You know, it's been um, a real uh, journey for her to get to this spot. And uh, she spoke with our editor in chief, Kevin McElvaney, about that. She opened up about uh, the performance center her thoughts on her opponent, uh, Sasha Banks, at WrestleMania, and what's left on her WWE bucket list. Also in this uh, issue, it's always it can be kind of tough to put together uh, a WrestleMania issue uh, before you know what the card is, uh, and that's always the the case with us. Uh, So we had some fun this year with kind of an evergreen piece that I put together, uh, WrestleMania What Ifs, and uh, we look at the first 36 WrestleManias, and we pick out eight main event alternatives uh, that might have delivered more marquee value than what uh, WWE actually presented at those shows, so I had a lot of fun going over um, the first thirty-six WrestleManias and figuring out uh, maybe some better main events than we got, and uh, giving kind of my my making my case for them, and also explaining a bit about why we didn't see them. So um, that's a lot of fun. A lot more in this issue. Uh, we've got features uh, on Miro, on KG Mudo uh, on uh, Jonathan Gresham, the Ring of Honor, a uh, peer champion, uh, a loaded issue. If you want to pick it up, go to pwi-online.com. You can download the issue right away. Features Bianca Belair uh, on the cover, uh, or you can have it sent to your home, the actual print edition. Uh, the way to go, for sure, is to subscribe. Whether you do digital or the print, you'll save a lot over the cover price. And again, uh, go to pwi-online.com. Dot com to do that. Before you know it, we're going to be doing the PWI poll, the PWI 500. Uh, you know, back into the swing of things. So you don't want to miss any issues. Uh, go and subscribe, please. Uh, follow us also on social media at official PWI on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm sure we're going to be live tweeting WrestleMania this weekend. I hope to share some uh, photos that and and images uh, that maybe most fans can't see from from actually being there. Uh, this weekend. Um, What else? Uh, The PWI uh, weekly newsletter, you could also pick that up uh, for free, completely um, subscribe to it at uh, our website. Uh, Pick up the Pro Wrestling Illustrated T-shirt if you're heading to Tampa uh, this uh, weekend. Nice uh, opportunity to show off your PWI gear. Uh, You can pick it up at prowrestlingtees.com. We also have some exclusive uh, shirts over at whatamaneuver.net. And if you want to reach us, you can do so at pwipodcast at Outlook.com or at PWI at uh, dot com. All right, now let's jump into conversation. Uh, someone joined in progress. We had a little bit of technical difficulties for the first, uh, just really a couple seconds um, of a conversation. Uh, but here's uh, Brian and I talking about the 2020 and 2021 WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremonies.
1: I think the, the shame of it is I think that they really could have had a limited um, audience there. It would have been totally fine to have family, friends, maybe some crew, you know, spaced out to have some kind of reaction so people could celebrate with their loved ones. And I really, you know, similar to the type of vibe of like, a, a, you know, an AEW Dynamite, like that level of of crowd I think that the reason they didn't, and this is just my speculation, is they want to really save the whole live crowd thing for WrestleMania, like to have maximum impact when you have a live crowd there. And I think they felt maybe that doing it a couple nights before at Hall of Fame would, would water down the impact. And yeah. unfortunately, the Hall of Fame really suffered because of that. I mean, whoever heard of an award show in, in an a- empty room like that, that really that was the shame of it. And it, did, that, it didn't have to be like that. They could have had some people there. And I think that was unfortunate.
0: Would, would, would you have preferred that they just not do it at all and, and, and wait until later this year? Um, or is it just so part of the WrestleMania weekend uh, week experience that it, it made
1: sense going forward with it, even if it wasn't, you know, ideal? I don't think you want to wait another year. I mean, I I think that's just too much. I think that maybe with, like I said, I've said this before, but like the 2021, Mm -hmm. they really should have done that at some point during the year before WrestleMania instead of waiting a whole year. And I really think that if they had some people there, it would have made more of an impact. You know, maybe like with 2020, they were stuck because it was already scheduled and booked and announced, you know, before the pandemic hit. Maybe this year's they could have said, okay, we're not even going to do it WrestleMania weekend. We're going to do it like with SummerSlam or something. Like yeah. they had the foreknowledge to be able to do that. So yeah, I mean there is a little bit of a dropping of the ball there with this, for
0: sure. In, you know, in in retrospect, something that that I think they could have done would have been relatively simple and could have made a big difference is have. Uh, The roster there, you know, and they showed them backstage anyway, dressed to the nines. But why not have um, a a few rows uh, of seats with your current roster, which is a a sizable, you know, audience as it is. Um, uh, You know, they're they're all working together and they're in the ring every night together. So I don't think they'd have to uh, be concerned about social distancing. And if they did, I mean, you could you could work it out. You see how you know the golden globes or or different award uh, shows have done it you just set up tables um that are spaced out but um because really i think you, in in some ways even more than the live audience that's the cool thing about the hall of fame is seeing um all the wrestlers and their spouses uh and maybe you don't go that far but but even having the roster there uh dressed uh, well and recognizing Um, you know, the people that paved it away, all that stuff would have made uh, a big difference. Um, but, but I agree that, that if it's the only thing, um, um, I, I do think the, the time limit, uh, helped a lot. And I think they've tried to enforce time limits in the past and wrestlers just kind of go rogue and, and go on their own anyway. But, um, three minutes, which I think is what they gave feels about right. It's, it's plenty of time. It's more than, you know, um, um, people get for an Oscar speech or something like that uh you give a little more to the headliner 10 minutes uh or whatever uh and yeah. i think it's fine i think it, you know I, I don't know that we need more than 3 minutes from um whoever you know molly holly or 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 and, and and they're they're all awesome and and i think 3 minutes is plenty to to say what you you've got to say okay. uh, yeah sorry yeah that's fine yeah um what what, what uh, generally talking about the class we, we we haven't talked about it uh both 20 and 20 and 2021 um do, do you think th- these were uh, and this is always a debate did the so-and-so deserve belong um uh, you know what are the the eligibility requirements uh and, and that that it's all kind of out there anyway but by WWE standards uh
1: were, were both these classes good classes worthwhile classes For the most part, yes. I mean, you know, you have to make your peace with the fact that, you know, I I hate when people get all worked up about, oh, it's just a marketing tool and it's not a real Hall of Fame and blah, blah, blah. Look, professional wrestling is a work. (laughs) The the Hall of Fame is, to a certain degree, also a work. And I'm not saying that to diminish the accomplishments and anything, but, you know, this is different from other, you know, sports halls of fames and things like that. It just is. But, it's much more high profile. It's the one that the majority of people are aware of. It's the one that casual fans are aware of. It may not have the same level of insider legitimacy that, you know, wrestling insiders will, will say about, say, the Observer Hall of Fame or even the one uh, in Texas, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, the Thez Hall of Fame, But the, w- which I think are really more intended for the people in the industry and the really, really serious fans and observers and historians this is more for mass consumption and I'm totally okay with that now that said, I am I know why great Kali was inducted I <laughs> know why you know from a business point of view and they have their their Indian market and you know he's very popular over there and it was a big deal to have him on the roster from that point of view uh, but in any other metric it, it it is almost an impossible sell you know the guy look uh, I, I I don't know. I try. I try not to be mean. The guy could never work. The guy was dangerous, even to the point of not being able to work. The guy never really, to my in my opinion and view of things, never really significantly drew a dime or drew any interest of any kind. Because you could say, well, it doesn't matter if someone really wasn't a great worker. Who cares? That's not what this is about. But it, but and that's fine. But you have to look at him and go, well, what is the reason he's in there for? He couldn't work. He couldn't draw. You know, it was it's strictly, you know, a political maneuver. And so that that one was unfortunate. I, I really yeah. had no other issues there. I, I thought everybody else, I mean, w- it, was g- it was great seeing British Bulldog finally go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jushin Liger, I think it's awesome because even though, you know, uh, and they've been doing this for years now, like you don't necessarily have to have a pure WWE pedigree because now they- they're sort of like the caretakers of the wrestling industry and its history. So to see someone like that go in, Is is phenomenal. You know, I mean, I had a few, um, you know, when they do the Legacy Hall of Fame, I sort of have mixed feelings about that as somebody who has a love of wrestling history, because it's like, okay, it's a tip of the hat to say, well, these people are really overlooked and they belong in there. And it's very important that they're mentioned. However, we're not going to really fully acknowledge them and we're not going to give them the full, like, Legends deal, you know, to their family. We're not going to give them a, a, a ring or it, to, to whomever would get the ring. You know, we're not going to give them time on stage because, ah, you know what, it's important, but it's not that important. Like, I don't I don't really, I don't think that's so great. And there's always a couple of people on there with Legacy that I feel like really should have gotten the full stage treatment. Not everybody, but, like, last night I'm thinking people like Ray the Crippler Stevens, Dick the Bruiser. Williams. Um, yeah, Steve right. even Paul Bosch, I mean, there are a few people on there that should have been given the full treatment. Um, but it's nice at least that something like that does exist to acknowledge these people that you know the vast majority of people that watch w w e probably have never even heard of. and you know it's it's cool. so I, I try to sort of see the bright side of it
0: yeah when when they first brought out the legacy, uh, it, it seemed to be a way to tip your hat to um wrestlers from really several generations ago. I mean, talking more like the, the black and white era of of wrestling. And I thought that was uh, acceptable with kind of an understanding that, that basically wrestlers from the eighties the uh, and, and uh, on from there would get nor- regular inductions, but they, they certainly seem to be kind of stretching the definition of that. When, when you yeah. see a, a Steve Williams who had his career in the eighties and nineties um, uh, inducted as part of the legacy hall of fame, um, or, or Gary Hart. I mean, these, these were contemporaries of oh. a, a lot of the wrestlers who were
1: inducted. Um, they, they, did it, uh, they did it a year or two ago with Lord Alfred Hayes, who sure. yeah, was weird. a major, yeah. you know, yeah. even though his wrestling career was 60s, 70s, you know, he was a major part of the rock and wrestling era and even yeah. into the nineties, he was yeah. known. Yeah. As part of the WWF product. Um, and so that, that, that's where the, the cynicism of it, it, it starts to smack of really, you know, they'll say, well, OK, the, these are the people that are sort of ancient history or they never really worked here. So but I think really what it is, is what I said, is these are the people who are not going to be, you know, their families are not going to be offered a contract you know, they're not going to be given, we don't want to give them time on stage. That's really what it seems like to me. Like that's, that's a big part of the decision-making behind it. Um, you know, and, and, and some of it is, I, I really get a sense. I don't know who, it, who it is. Maybe it's someone like Triple H who's like, you know, a lover of wrestling history too. There's somebody behind the scenes who it seems to be the attitude is, this is to help combat the criticisms of the WWE Hall of Fame. Like, from yeah. purists saying, why isn't this guy in there? Why isn't that guy in there? Now they could go, look, we have Frank Gotch in here. We have Strangler Lewis. We have Jim Landis, We have Luthes. So, so you know, it, it's to silence critics, I think. That's a big part of it.
0: And it's a funny thing, because watching it um, last night and not knowing who was going in uh, to to the Legacy uh, Hall of Fame, I, I found myself rooting against people being included because I didn't <laughs> want that to be their induction, right? The... the you know, the one that that stands out is Ivan Koloff, who still is in the, in the hall of fame. and And I think now that they've cleared away some of the the big omissions over the last decade or so, um Ivan Koloff is probably kind of on deck as as the next guy that's like, when are you going to get to him? Why haven't you got to him? And um, I kind of half expect that he'll go in as as a legacy uh, Hall of Fame guy uh, someday, which would be a real shame because I think
1: um, yeah. It'll yep. be legacy for sure, I feel. And and I remember uh, when they did that with Stan Stasiak, uh, again, it was in the last couple of years, I remember his son, Sean, being very upset about it, specifically for what I had said, because Sean Stasiak had been campaigning for his dad, who is a WWE champion, for his dad to go in, and for it to be done as legacy, Was he saw it as a snub. And I think rightfully yeah. so, because what that meant was the company never contacted him. The company never gave him any kind of a deal or anything. It was a way of doing it out the back door. It's like, yeah, we're gonna acknowledge your dad, but you have no involvement in this whatsoever. And, and, and that, you know, that that is uh, not so great.
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh, the the class, the 2020 and 2021 class, uh, not including the the legacy members, uh, JBL, British Bulldog, Jushin uh, Liger, uh, the NWO, uh, Hogan, Nash. Hall and Waltman, uh, the Bella Twins, uh, William Shatner and Titus O'Neill got the Warrior Award. The 2021 class, uh, it's Kane, Molly Holly, Eric Bischoff, Great Colleague, Rob Van Dam, uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Rich Herring got the Warrior Award. Um, Again, by WB standards, I think they're both fine uh, uh, classes. Um, You know, names like Kane and Eric Bischoff and Rob Van Dam, Bulldog, NWO, uh, even the Bellas, I think, are all pretty strong uh, candidates. And then the others, I don't have any big objection to. I mean, certainly I have no objection to uh, Jushin Liger uh, being in any Hall of Fame. But I think he had one match for WWE, right, on, on uh, an NXT yeah. takeover a couple yeah. of years
1: ago. Uh, so. well, uh, Abdullah the Butcher is in there, so, you know. Yeah yeah
0: uh, um anyhow, so so let's talk about uh, the big event uh, wrestlemania uh, coming up uh, this saturday and sunday i guess we've got a a final card um i mentioned they could tweak a couple things by friday but i believe that smackdown is already uh, in the can uh worse um, i guess one significant change in the card on monday with uh, the the Miz and Bad Bunny being um, chained to a tag team match, which I think a lot of people anticipated w- was going to be the match all along. Um, so, just pulling up the card here. Um, Want to get your thoughts on the the matches? And maybe we won't go through any of them, but we'll through all of them. But we'll go through some of the big ones uh, and tell me, you know, your your expectations. Um, let's see. So, let's start with uh, the big ones. Uh, night one, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre for WWE Championship. Um, you know, Bobby Lashley getting tons of great reviews for the work he's doing. I think rightfully so. Seems really odd that they would break up um, the Hurt business leading up to to this show, with that being such an important part of the act. I wonder if the idea is f- for them to to reunite that night. I mean, the the the, the stipulation was that uh, Benjamin um and uh uh what's his name again uh uh, uh cedric uh were uh, banned from ringside i wonder if this is kind of an end run around that and they show up and since they're not part of the hurt business they can help out um and they end up reuniting with him i'd be okay with that uh w- w- your thoughts on this match does it feel like a a worthy WWE championship match and uh who do you think is going to win
1: well, I'm thinking that my view of breaking up the Hurt Business, uh, and I don't agree with it, I think it's incredibly wrongheaded and frustrating, but but I get the sense that the feeling was that they were becoming too popular, mm-hmm. and, and they're supposed to be a heel faction. And what that says to me, what that telegraphs to me is that they're planning to have McIntyre regain it at Mania, and I think they were afraid that the reaction would be not what they wanted if Lashley lost, so I think I i mean, I don't agree with it, but I think they're trying to take some of the steam off of Lashley so he could go in there as the as the heel getting defeated, um, you know, which sort of makes you wonder why they even did all this in the first place. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of baffling. Um, I think I think it'll be a very entertaining match. I'm a big fan of Lashley actually going way back and I feel like he never got his due in WWE and he finally is now. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, great potential there. Um, I just, um, it's just everything around it that bothers me. You know, I always feel it, it always makes me sad how you get new young fans who don't really know how the wrestling business works, you know, and they get all excited when they see something like the hurt business and Lashley. And I feel like going, no, 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 you don't understand. Like they're going to ruin this, you know, like <laughs> I know you're so excited And I know you think that WWE is out to cure all of society's ills and right all the wrongs of of our culture. But that's not really what their business is, you know, and they're going to disappoint you. Uh, You you, you know, and I hate to be so cynical about it. Uh, I wish I didn't have to think that way.
0: How how do you think um, the fans will be split uh, between the two of them? You know, there's some thought that Drew could be booed and, and
1: Lashley will be cheered. It's going to be interesting, right? Because, God, how long have we talked about this McIntyre situation where we don't even know how fans are going to react to him? And now it's a year later. We may be in for a rude awakening. I uh, I want to go out on a limb and say this could almost be like a Rock Hogan kind of situation, you know, where, like, it turns out the whole crowd is behind Lashley and he's not even supposed to be the babyface because they, they haven't that. even had a lot of time to condi- – they have had no time to condition the audiences, you know. It's going to be pretty wild, pretty. I think the crowd is going to be one of the biggest stars of the show overall. But this match is a big example. the The feeling I get is just that Lashley they may not want him to be the face, but he's he's the face. I think for the majority yeah. of people looking forward to this match, he's the baby face.
0: I think the kind of fan that that is going to to wrestlemania. Uh, um, is, is such a fan that I think they're going to go along. And I think if you, they, you tell them that we're supposed to be uh, cheering uh, Drew McIntyre, are they going to cheer Drew McIntyre? That said, I, I kind of feel like the reaction to either of them might not be all that strong. Um, so I, I think as far as placement, and and I've heard some discussion about it, I think Drew McIntyre even talked about it. I think it would make sense to open the show with this, you know, um, especially if... Uh, Drew's gonna win. I think you know if if uh, fans sit through four hours and then get kind of two big plotting heavyweights and and they're great heavyweights, super athletic heavyweights. Uh, but I think I, I remember a couple years ago when they opened with Brock Lesnar and and Seth Rollins and Seth beat him and whatever it was uh, a minute or two, and uh, that was very counterintuitive, but it got the crowd really fired up. I mean, they were really hot for that to open WrestleMania. I think that might be the way to go uh, here also.
1: Well, they haven't really they don't really say ahead of time, do they? We don't we know it's going to be on night one, but we yeah, don't know. I don't know, how know how it what's closing. End. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. If they do, didn't, I guess, what would they close it with? I wonder.
0: Um, I guess the talk is uh, Bianca Belair and yeah. Um, Sasha. Yeah. And and I saw even uh, I think the official WB on Fox Facebook page. I don't want to say lobbying for it, but but they posted something about it. So um, I think it's a real possibility. So, which would be fine? I mean, I think that that's fine. Uh, do you think? Again, it, we, we've talked about this. It, is this kind of a redo for McIntyre's title win and and having him win it in front of a crowd, or is Lashley so hot that even if that was the original plan, do they kind of call an audible and say, "No, let's leave it on on Lashley"? You know, let, let's go uh, with with the hot star right now.
1: If it is the plan, I think it's a very poor plan because, you know, last year he had the clear-cut heel that he was going in against, uh, and this in this year he's hurt by this kind of a match. And like I said, this is sort of unofficially to me, it's almost like face versus face, even though that's not how it's supposed to be. And, you know, the old adage about that is, like, when you do a match like that, one of the faces is going to get hurt. And I don't mean I don't mean physically hurt. And I think in this case... That's going to be McIntyre. I, I really think he doesn't have much to gain from a match like this. Even winning the title, I feel like I almost feel like they may. I mean, God, who, you know, naive of me to think they're going to listen to fan reactions, but they, they may wind up feeling like they need to turn him.
0: I wonder if yeah. I mean, do we get a double turn here? Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's possible. Um, okay. Uh, also on night one, uh, what we just mentioned: Sasha Banks and and Bianca Belair. they they, they're pushing this one uh really hard which uh i don't see i'm surprised but you know we talked about how they they um had bailey and sasha banks and built it for so long you'd think that would be their centerpiece women's match for wrestlemania and instead they're kind of going all in on uh bianca belair um I saw Sasha last night on, on uh, the Hall of Fame. She is jacked. She's just in incredible shape. Uh, and uh, we know what Bianca could do. Do you have high hopes for this one?
1: I do. I'm really excited about this match. And it, it, it's it got me really pumped because it really is. Um, They're really making good on what I think the Royal Rumble can really do, which is mm-hmm. like instead of just putting it on the same old main eventers every year, they, they're, they, they've now used it to make a new star, to make a new contender. And she has such an upside. I, I really do feel that way. That that she could be kind of a linchpin of the division. And a, and a match like this is, is so important, such a big deal. I could totally see them making it the last match of night one. And 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 to be honest, I think that the both of them are up to that position. I think they could deliver something that would be worthy of of the of the main event of night one.
0: Is this the uh, the coronation of Bianca Belair on Saturday night?
1: I would like to see that, and I feel like from a booking point of view, I, I don't see why else you would be doing this match, because I feel like if she doesn't win, uh, uh, you know, it, it's the old story, like like Sasha Banks will be okay, she'll survive if she loses this match. I think if you do this build with Bianca Belair and she loses, that I'm not saying she'll never recover, but that's a setback for her, and it's a setback that doesn't need to happen. So I think that's the way to go, is to have her uh, win this. Because also, Sasha, it's crazy to think about now, because the women's revolution now has been going on for years. And Sasha Banks is like now kind of one of the elder statesmen, in a way, of the women's revolution. It's been, what, like six or seven years now, or something like that. And it's a great opportunity for her to, I don't want to say pass the torch, because I don't think she's going anywhere, but to make a new uh, star
0: here. Yeah, I really agree. I was thinking about that watching her on the Hall of Fame last night and and thinking about how um it it's essentially inevitable that one day she'll be there. And uh, unlike uh and, and this isn't dispar- to disparage anyone, but but one of the kind of unofficial rules of the Hall of Fame every year is that we have to induct a woman a woman and, and really going back before the 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 revolution, the divas' revolution, what they called it, it was kind of slim pickings, right? I mean, they're they're, they're what you know, you you get through uh, Alita and Trish, and um, there's not that much depth, uh, but you know, Sasha will go down as one of the greats of all time, right? I mean, uh, just in what she's done the last uh, five six years, she's she's already had uh, that kind of career, and and um, you're right, yeah, I mean, I think she's. Uh, in, in that position to kind of handle the the, the proverbial torch over to, to Bianca, who also has a tremendous upside. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this match, too. Hope it's given plenty of time. I think it makes sense to close the show out with it. Um, my con- my concern with that is, um, you know, where will the fans will be? That That's one upside, I think, of breaking WrestleMania uh, up over two nights is that, and we've talked about that, you know, you don't have fans having uh have uh, sitting there for 7 8 hours either in the arena or at home and just completely burned out by the time the main event comes to the ring so um even if this is the main event on night 1 uh hopefully the fans will be uh, up for it um Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus uh The Miz and John Morrison probably kind of the, the next uh, most promoted match um at least of night 1 and um you know, better for worse. Bad Bunny is a big deal. I saw him on the Grammys a few weeks ago. You know, uh, uh, my mom tells me he's a, he's a big deal. She's more into the Latin music scene uh, th- than I am. Um, how much has this worked? Uh, do you do you think the crossover uh, appeal uh, is there? Uh, and and do you think that this change to a tag team match uh, is an improvement?
1: Um, I, I happen to think that if the tag team match wasn't the plan all along, I'm thinking it was, it was definitely made that the change was made for a reason, uh, and not a good reason. I, and I think a lot of, you can tell a lot by the fact that they don't seem to be promoting the match As big as you think that they would have like, like this isn't like a Lawrence Taylor kind of thing. This isn't like uh, a Floyd Mayweather where it becomes like the biggest thing on the card sort of thing or, you know, Mr. T or whatever. Um, This sort of feels like uh, internally, I don't think they have the same level of confidence. And, And I've said this and I hate to. You know, I went on a Twitter rant about this. I'm not even I'm not talking about free music and awards and everything. Forget. Okay, he's not my taste. Fine. Whatever. It has nothing to do with this. But as a star on your show, I feel like he has absolutely no charisma or star power or presence of any kind. Like when you when you see him on screen, there is nothing. He doesn't even seem to be comfortable in front of the camera. And the more time that goes by, the more I feel like in the beginning I felt that this is great for Damien Priest because he's getting this rub and he's involved here and he, you know, he, he's made into a bigger star by this. And it's like Hogan with Mr. T or, you know, Wendy Richter with Cindy Lauper or something like that. But I'm starting to get the sense now that it's almost like Damien Priest is there to help Bad Bunny more than anything else, like to, to get him through a lot of this stuff. From a promo point of view or other things like that to sort of carry him, which uh, is is unfortunate because I don't know at this point what they're going to get out of this. Like they they can't really get buy rates out of it. Are people going to subscribe to Peacock who weren't going to watch WrestleMania just so they could see this? I don't know. But again, I'm sitting over here as somebody who is absolutely clueless as to the cultural cachet that this guy has until like a month ago, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so what do I know? But I'm I'm going as a viewer of the show, saying I, I just don't see that this guy has no. There's nothing. There's nothing about him that makes this any more interesting or appealing to me.
0: I I disagree somewhat, and and uh, I'm not particularly looking forward uh, to this. I, I think um, there's some reason for optimism in the fact that he seems to really be taking this uh, seriously, right? I think Triple H um, yes. in a conference call yesterday talked about how he's been in the, the performance center every day for the last three months. And I'm sure that's something of an exaggeration. But the idea being that he's really, um, again, taken seriously. Sounds like he's a real fan and not one of these uh, sort of Jay Leno types that is going to go out there and sort of play make-believe pro wrestler, his kind of hold your nose through it. And yeah. um, uh, he, he, he seemed to be, I don't know how good he is at it. Uh, you know, they gave him that angle on Monday night with his car getting uh, destroyed. And then um, he had to cut, you know, his first real wrestling pro promo, which was very long. Um, he delivered it with, uh, I think, some some passion and enthusiasm. Still wasn't all that good. But, um it I, I, again, at least he's taking it um seriously. Uh, I think there's the potential for something of a pop. I mean, if, if assuming the layout of the matches, you know, priest starts it, you know, get gets a lot uh, in there at some point, tags into Bad Bunny and you get the pop. And um he does some athletic stuff, you know, I think back to not the best example but remember Snooky a few years ago I guess that was nine years ago now um in in that that tag team match and she tagged in and hit a hell of a, <laughs> a handspring uh, elbow uh, yes. <laughs> and so maybe there's a percent potential for something like that you know for him to kind of over deliver um, what the audience is yeah I, I guess the guy's got a following and it's different than uh, when you're selling the the 60 pay-per-view 70 dollar pay-per-view if he goes on his twitter or whatever it is or his instagram and says you know tune in tonight on on peacock you can get it for two dollars and fifty cents and and watch me uh you know compete and at wrestlemania he could potentially drive you know several thousand tens of thousands of his fans to see it so so maybe that's the idea um you know, I think it could be fine. I think, you know, Miz is probably the right guy to have in this kind of position. Uh, it's cool that, that Damon Priest, who a few months ago kind of uh, was stuck in the middle of nowhere, not much to do, gets to be highlighted here. I think this needs to be kept relatively short, you know, I don't know what, eight, nine minutes, and then get out of it. Um, and, you know, Bad Bunny and, and Priest win. I think that's what it needs to be. Um Cesaro and and Seth Rollins, sort of interesting, you know, Rollins being such a big player for so long, uh, in kind of a, a decidedly mid card match at at WrestleMania, and uh, Cesaro, who has been been kicking around WWE now for a, a, a decade, I think, uh, it, it sort of feels like now the, he's the new guy, the new thing, uh, and this isn't the first time that they they've tried something with him and then inevitably they always kind of pull back lose interest uh but you do get the sense that these guys will go in there with something to prove you know kind of the the, the sort of ring of honor uh alum match of the night um here's one where i hope they are given a, a fair amount of, of time i'd like to see them get at least you know 12 minutes or so and uh you'd think if if anybody is in that mode of you know trying to steal the show it might be these two
1: yeah, and uh, I'm. It is that type of a match. It's in that position of you know your mid card match that that has a that is having more buzz than your typical mid card match and could s- steal a show. Um, I think they're both up to that. However, you know it doesn't always work out that way. It it brings to mind, um, and this wasn't a mid card match, but it brings to mind AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura from yeah. a couple of years ago, which. It was it was a good match, but, I mean, there was hopes going in that that was really going to be one of the all-time great WrestleMania matches. And it didn't really live up to that. For whatever reason, you know, I mean, those are two guys that are probably two of the best, if not at that time, the two best in the world. And it just wasn't their night, you know. So, I mean, uh, I think that that will not be the case here, though. I think I do think these guys will put on a hell of a match. I hope they get the time to do it. Um, you know, it and I. Seth Rollins, of course, was somebody that was for for several years in the very, very top of the card at WrestleMania, or somehow involved with it. And the fact of the matter is, look, if you're around the company that long with the, this much great talent, you you just can't always be in the main event picture. I mean, you're yeah. very lucky. You're very lucky if you are. They have to shuffle people around. It's just a fact of the matter. It's reality. You know, you can't just have. <laughs> the same people over and over. So the, the, this is actually a bigger deal, I, I'm thinking, for Cesaro because, God, I mean, it's probably his highest profile singles match at WrestleMania maybe ever. Sure,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess he won the, the, the Andre Giant battle all years ago, and that was one of the many attempts to to get him going. Um, but, but yeah, this feels like, like uh, his sort of coming out party more than anything. And you get the sense that Seth Rollins is probably happy to do it for him. Um, and, and yeah, this feels about right for where these guys should be. Um, speaking of guys who are kind of, uh, in surprising spots on, on, uh, the WrestleMania card, AJ
1: Styles, uh, teaming with, uh, O-Moss, is that what they call him? Right? Yeah. Uh, they, they seem to pronounce it differently every time. I don't know. Omos, Omas. Uh, well, it's o-
0: spelled O M O S, but it is pronounced Omas, I guess. Um, why take why on would,
1: I, that why. I like with a name like that? Why would you do that? I don't know. I guess that's why I'm not getting paid the but big bucks. <laughs> but
0: why? And uh, they're challenging the New Day for the uh, the Raw Tag Team Championship. Um, you know, the, the New Day are big stars, so I'm not surprised to see them um, in in kind of a, a focal point uh, a match. Uh, it does feel sort of weird that you've got, it, apparently AJ was lobbying for a match against triple H, which I think would have made sense at WrestleMania. That could have been, that that feels like a WrestleMania match. Triple H ultimately felt like, you know, he wasn't ready for it. So, um, it's still, you know, uh, I imagine AJ is going to work the majority of this match, you know, tagging Tomas for a, a few big spots. Uh, I could see them putting the tag title on them just to kind of do something. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't know how much I'm hoping, uh, or expecting out of this one. Um, hopefully there's some, some good action in there. Did you have, uh, high hopes for this?
1: I think that this hurts more than the Seth Rollins thing, because with Seth Rollins, you know, being where he's at, it feels like it's for a reason, you know, like you're going to get a great match out of it. It's a show stealing type of match and it's a chance to elevate, um, Cesaro uh, I'm not sure what this is all about. It almost feels like the main purpose of a match like this would be to really get over Omos, which, I don't know, I could think of better ways to do it. It's a weird thing. It's like AJ Styles is, is like in a King Kong Bundy kind of situation here where he, he goes from you know Hulk Hogan in a steel cage and then the next year he's – it yeah. just feels like – did he piss somebody off? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, you know, and New Day is great. They're great. But New Day is like, they're, they're not really, go- I don't know. I'm going to get flack for this. But they're not really guys you go to for an incredible blow away match. At least not in my opinion. They're, you know, they're stars. They're great talent. They're very entertaining. But uh, I just don't see them as one of the great working tag teams, in my opinion.
0: I think it's an indictment in general of... Uh- tag team wrestling in wwe because um you know individually certainly each of them are are super talented kofi uh to me had the last great wrestlemania match uh against daniel Bryan a couple years ago um so we know that he's up for it it's just i think speaks to the the way they do tag team wrestling and the formula of a new day match you know and uh, you know, part of of the gimmick, the character that I think uh, has made them so successful is that they kind of don't take anything seriously, right? They're just just sort of fun loving, having a good time, and that's gotten over. It sold a lot of shirts and and everything else, uh, but it it can make it hard to get really invested uh, in any kind of program they've got going on. You know, it just all feels like, hey, we're gonna go out there and be silly. And and when the the central storyline leading up to this had to do with Um, what was it, Pictionary or, uh, uh, you know, they had UNO cards and they had some Jenga uh, blocks. It's like, all right, so that's what we're supposed to think about this match. Uh, They're they're sort of telling us, don't take it all that seriously.
1: And and Uh, now, you know, they're the most decorated tag team in the history of the company at this point. I mean, they've had more titles. They just, I think they just set that record. They've had more titles than any team. They also have the longest single reign of any team. Uh, going back to the beginning of the company, you know, in the 50s, uh, which is amazing to think of. And I think they're closing in on, I think the Usos have this honor, of being the 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 tag team that has been in the company for the longest consecutive amount of time as a tag team. I think they may be headed towards that record, too.
0: Yeah, so what's it been? You know, I think the big picture only been about, Seven years? Seven years, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, but. It's a long time for a tag. Yeah, there be time. In it's, it's one yeah. company, too. Yeah, I love Kofi. I love anything Kofi does. I just get a kick out of him. Um, So happy to see him back uh, at WrestleMania. Um, Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman uh, in a Steel Cage match. Talk about stupid storylines uh, that we're not <laughs> supposed to take seriously. Uh, this has been. Uh, well, I was gonna say as bad as it gets, but then we we have uh, Bray White and Randy Orton on night too. so maybe not quite as bad as it gets. But just lazy, dumb, um, um, not funny, not not particularly amusing. Uh, all that said, this could have a place in in the show. It feels like you know of last few years uh the the Shane McMahon there, there's you know that Shane McMahon part of the show which is him taking some some crazy bump and I imagine there's a reason why this is a, a steel cage so I imagine we are in for some big uh a Shane bump I think it's only the second steel cage match in Wrestlemania history right I mean not counting Hell Cells, but as far as a standard steel cage match do you have to go back to Wrestlemania 2 for oh, that last crazy. time
1: that sounds like it can't possibly be right. But well, what else was there, right?
0: I mean, there again, there have been a few homeless cells along the way. There was right. uh, Boss Man and Undertaker. There was Undertaker and Shane. Uh, right. But I
1: don't think there's been another just straight up cage match. You might be right. Now, now I'd be curious to find that out. And and it is, um, you know. It, it it almost it doesn't help when you dig into the past you know we just had the we just passed the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania 17 the Houston Astrodome
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I and other people you know have often considered to be the greatest one of them yeah. all and i made probably the mistake of <laughs> of saying i'm going to watch it again because it's been 20 years and i was there so i don't think i ever actually saw the pay-per-view broadcast so i sat down and watched it completely you know lives up to Everything. It's an incredible show. It makes you really long for those days in a way. But but what I'm specifically thinking of is, you know, the Vince and Shane match and the McMahon family drama uh, that match wound up being, you know, and, and not not from a technical point of view, certainly not. But it wound up being from a drama point of view, from an excitement point of view, one of the absolute top two or three highlights of the entire show. And then it, that is in stark contrast to this thing now that Shane is doing with Braun Strowman. It just, it, um, those comparisons really do not help.
0: Yeah, yeah, there there was uh, a few weeks ago on Raw where it, I don't know what was going on. It felt like Shane forgot all his lines. There are these huge pauses in between each of his lines and, and uh, you know, it was him calling Braun stupid again. It was so cringy, so I, I mean, the kind of thing that you're actually like, kind of squirming in your chair, uncomfortable to watch it because it's so terrible. Um, so yeah, that said, you know, I imagine they can do something where, where uh, I, I guess, the cage match setup uh, allowed for for Shane to take a crazy bump off the cage uh, and win, I guess right so 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 maybe he tackles them from the top of the cage falls off the table and shane wins on the fluke so you know the live crowd could get into it if, if there's a big stump bump so uh, it might have its place uh this one hopefully is is kept mercifully short um all right let's try to go through some of these a little quicker uh so there's the uh the the women's uh tag team turmoil match just to set up the uh tag team challengers uh for night two and then speaking of night two uh main event there roman reigns edge and daniel bryan this really feels like the main event of of WrestleMania. I gotta say I've come around more on it um even though I, I don't think the story is as clean as it could have been were just Edge and Roman Reigns. I think they've done a fine job of creating uh, a three-way feud, essentially. And I think, uh, like we've talked about, you know, you're not going to go wrong adding Daniel Bryan to a match. I think he can only help um the the execution of the match. Uh, and I think there's some genuine intrigue about who wins this thing. you know, we, any one of these guys could win it. Uh, you, th- there's some thought that you know, m- maybe this is a way of getting the title off of Roman without beating him.. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. there's certainly a story to be told with with Edge 10 years after uh, retiring, winning back the belt that he never lost. And then Daniel Bryan, kind of the perennial favorite, sort of in the twilight of his, of his career. Uh, does he have one more world title run in him? Uh, so I, I, you know, I don't know if it's the greatest WrestleMania main event uh, of all time, but on kind of an off year, I think it um, it's an acceptable WrestleMania main event.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, the more I think about it now, I think a big part of the reasoning for the changing course may have been that the fast lane match with the Reigns and Brian, which almost originally felt like it was just sort of a placeholder, um, turned out to be so incredible. I mean, I would say Brian,
0: everything he does is great. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was I would say the best WWE match of this year so far, and maybe even of, of this and last year, maybe even of the whole pandemic era. And um, I feel like they thought, well, you know what? This can only make it even better to have him in there. But I feel like with the um, what what I guess would make sense to do in a situation like this, what I could see happening is if if like you're saying, you know, it it would be a, a, a way to get the title off of Reigns without beating him. I almost see what I almost see happening here is maybe Edge gets the title. You know, you get your feel good ending, right? He gets the title by beating Brian. He's never beaten Reigns. You know, that sets up your rematch down the road, not too long down the road. And then Reigns winds up getting it back and it's back to, you know, him like picking up where he left off sort of a thing.
0: Yeah, I I could very much see something like that because um, uh, Roman gave uh, an interview with uh, ESPN and uh, he was asked about him versus The Rock. And he made it clear that that's still the long term plan. He all but said they didn't do it this year because the audience isn't there. It makes more sense to do it in Dallas in front of 100,000 fans or in, in Hollywood a couple years from now. Um, so to, to get there, it doesn't mean between now and then Roman can't lose the belt, obviously, but it does mean you got to keep him real strong between now and and that that is some long-term booking to keep this character, this version of Roman Reigns uh, hot for at, at least another year, maybe two years. Um, so... You know, it, it's possible that he just wins outright, I, I, and I think I think that would be fine. Uh, you know, maybe kind of a downer, uh, and and they like to close WrestleMania on, on a high note. If they're doing that, I mean, you talked about the the happy ending with Edge. I don't even know if that's a happy ending anymore because uh,
1: sure.
0: I I don't even know if it's real clear that he's a babyface. You know, he, he, he uh, certainly hasn't acted like one the last couple of weeks. I think the happy ending would be Daniel Bryan, uh, and maybe they do that. You know, um, I don't after. Wrestlemania 30 i don't know that they could ever kind of replicate that moment so um maybe they don't go that route so i i really think there's an argument to be made for all three of these and i think it's going to be a heck of a match you know i think i think it's the right way to close out wrestlemania so uh excited to see it i'd say it's the match that i'm i'm most looking forward to over the the two nights uh the uh women's championship match oscar defending against uh rhea ripley this doesn't feel um all that hot to me, you know, I mean, part of it is, I guess, that that Ripley just kind of debuted uh, on Raw. You also get the sense that this was kind of a substitute. You, you have to imagine that, that Charlotte was in the mix for uh, a, a high profile match at WrestleMania and her not, I don't even know if she's available or not. I guess there's conflicting stories about her availability, but she's not booked at least. Uh, it, it feels like they quickly kind of put this together. Um, where where are you with this match? Are you excited for it?
1: Um, I think that it is, you know, obviously this isn't going out on a limb, but it's, it's overshadowed by the other women's title match. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it's, it's one of the arguments, I guess, for maybe, you know, having, I don't want to say they should only have one women's title, but I mean, it's, it's tough because Rhea Ripley is to me. Even more than Bianca Belair, I see the upside in her. I mean, I think the both of them are kind of the future of this division. But she is, she is, uh, her potential is off the charts. Uh, everything about her, it just screams a ma- major star to me. Major, major star. And I almost feel like in the sense of like almost like a crossover star, like WWE would never do this. But if they if they ever went into doing intergender stuff or, you know, uh, she could be almost like a China type of thing where she's just mm-hmm. as big big as any as, the, as any of the male main eventers. I, I really believe that about her. This match, however, is not going to be that platform for her. You know, I think last year uh, she and Charlotte, they did steal the show. That was the show stealing match for me. Uh, Charlotte Flair and her. Uh, But I think this year, uh, and it's funny because Asuka is somebody who uh, um, is almost, I hate to use this term, but damaged goods in a way because her brand has been so devalued from where it was a few years ago. And I feel like the Asuka of maybe five years ago, this match would have a whole different spin on it against somebody like Aria Ripley. But that's just simply not the case anymore. I feel like they're trying to get her back there, but she's not. And so I I think a strong Rhea Ripley win would really be a really, really good idea here, especially as she's now a full-time part of the main roster. Um, I I just predict big things for her, and I think they want to also handle her very, very carefully and really give her the the, the right treatment. Yeah,
0: this this does feel... Uh, A a little bit like trying to force something uh, that maybe isn't quite there yet. I think part of it might be a a, a little bit of uh, regret in the handling of, of Rhea Ripley, both at WrestleMania and, and the follow-up last year, because she had that that show-stealing uh, performance, uh, but ended up losing her title to to Charlotte. Never really made a whole lot of sense, so Charlotte could have a, a, a quick run in NXT. And uh, uh, meanwhile, there wasn't much follow-up with Rhea. And now it looks like maybe they're trying to right that wrong, but it feels a little rushed, not that organic, um, a, a little bit forced. Uh, and... Uh, I I think maybe too similar to what's um, on the SmackDown side with uh, uh, Bianca Belair and and Sasha, where you've got the the kind of hot new star coming up from uh, NXT, uh, you know, uh, on the hunt, ready to be coronated. Uh, That's kind of too similar to to what's going on here. And and like you touched on, I think um, Bianca and Sasha are kind of, overshadowing her you know just as 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 uh, um, you were talking there it occurred to me bailey where's bailey and um the answer is i guess nowhere she, she's not booked at, at wrestlemania which is almost unthinkable <laughs> yeah. uh, given the, the year she had um and as far as i know i think she, i think she's healthy and uh she's just not on the show i mean that, that that's kind of mind-blowing
1: yeah i saw uh, an interview with her uh it was she was on a podcast or something where they were really kind of trying to get to the bottom of this. And it's really mysterious. It's It seems like there's no real reason. She said she's not injured. She actually said she pitched a bunch of ideas that she had for what she could do. And for whatever reason, they're not doing any of them. I, I mean, mean, two nights, so
0: you you can find something for, for Bailey to do. You, I, I, I wonder, I mean, there's a, a couple things uh, out there. Uh, as I mentioned, Charlotte is, um, I, I think she's available, right? I mean, there was... Um, uh I, I guess she she well did she have the coronavirus or was there a suspicion that she had the coronavirus i think she did
1: yes yeah, she did right. the, the, the thing the, the miscommunication was with her pregnancy
0: whether right? she was pregnant or yeah so so but either way i think she's neither pregnant nor infected with covid uh right now so theoretically uh available i'm not saying throw a, a match together um but you know I, I think they've made it clear that that there uh, might be more en- entrance into the tag team turmoil match. So could we see, uh, you know, a dream team of uh, a Charlotte and, and Bailey, a surprise entrance in, in the tag team match, and win it, and then go on and, and challenge the next night? Maybe something well, like that.
1: You know what's happening here, and I think this Bailey dilemma is is a major symptom of it. Now what we're seeing is, you know, in the past. Women's wrestling was treated as a sideshow, right? It totally was. You had a handful of of, of female competitors on the roster at any given time. So it was never an issue. You'd have your token women's match on the show or whatever you do. Now that women's wrestling is being taken so much more seriously and there's so many more of them where you've got a significant percentage of the roster is women, um, you almost really have to start thinking about, not almost, you have to, a, a higher percentage of the matches. Yeah. Yeah. It to be women's matches. Otherwise, you're going to have this happen all the time because they're still in that mindset of booking WrestleMania. And I guess in some people's mind, the thought of having WrestleMania be like 60-40 uh, male-female is just something that would never occur to them, right? But but you can't have your cake and eat it too. E- either, either you shrink the women's roster, which I'm not calling for them to do, and I'm not in favor of doing that, or you have to start thinking more in those terms of – the the women the men they're both wrestlers you know we got to make stars out of both we can't just think well the men are going to carry the draw and the women could be there as a side dish you, you can't think that way anymore you know otherwise this is going to keep happening all the time yeah and and um, I think it was about a year ago
0: that that we talked about this and and how they had made that progress where uh, remember there was the the match last year. Uh, with uh, Mandy Rose and uh, what's her name? I forget. She's like one of the authority figures on uh, SmackDown now. And it it was just storyline, right? I mean, they just built a, a feud between the two of them and and paid it off at, at WrestleMania. And um, we talked about how that Don't spoke to that. the progress that um, WWE had made, where it wasn't just, there's the women's match. Uh, and now all these years later, that's what there is. There's the women's match. And, and I guess over uh two nights and i I haven't tallied them up but i'm guessing there's got to be 16 17 matches uh over the two nights there are uh four women's matches i guess right i mean the two women's title matches uh single title matches the women's tag team title match which we don't know what it is yet and then the the tag team turmoil match um yeah i mean it it's it's kind of crazy that you don't have something from bailey Again, maybe they find something for her. Maybe this is all kind of a big ruse, and and uh, again, she 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 gets herself a partner and challenges for the tag team title. I don't know. Given the year that that Bailey's had, if if that's uh, sufficient, you know, you, you you know, you you could have argued, uh, make it argued for her really having a a showcase match, one of the top three or four matches on on the whole event here, uh, but being left off that all altogether is is crazy. I'm um,
1: if she's gonna have involvement in the Sasha and Bianca match, you know. Given maybe, her
0: this. yeah. I've also wondered whether, uh, in terms of surprises, could we see Becky Lynch uh, at, at at WrestleMania? Uh, I know some people were were wondering whether she'd be a surprise entrant at the Royal Rumble, you know, three weeks after having a child, or whatever it was. And I never seriously expected that. But now you're about four or five months uh, removed. I don't know if it's a match, but could she make some kind of appearance something like that maybe maybe that's what they do with Bailey you know again wrestlemania being part of wrestlemania isn't always ha- having a match you know sometimes there's just like these angles so maybe they do something like that i think that could be something you know there'd be a lot of star power there if bailey's out there cutting a promo about how she's left off the card and then uh becky lynch shows up and and you know they start jawing at each other that could be something um what else we got oh i was writing this one uh the free the the fiend bray white versus uh randy orton i don't even have the excuse of uh going to to uh, get a hot dog or something like that because i think everything is going to be delivered to your seat so uh i'm gonna have to just sit through this one um i, I think we can both agree that that you know our expectations are, are very low for this what is the best possible scenario for this match
1: I think if their flights are delayed, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean,
0: it's I a it's, like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a real shame because I was always, or at least for a while there, a big fan of the whole Bray Wyatt thing. I loved the Wyatt family. I thought he was one of the best promo guys to come along in a long time. You know, he was shaping up to be one of the all-time greats in that department, and it just seems like it has he has gone so far off the rails as anything of any kind of value to them right now uh, that um, I don't know. It's almost like he's just become the poster boy now for these cinematic matches, especially because they him. seem
0: to love him. I mean, they 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 seem to be completely enamored with with him, the character, all of it. I mean, they he gets as much, if not more, TV time and attention um, than anybody. So. Uh, again, it's one of these situations where I wonder whether we're just not the audience for this, because clearly there is an audience uh, for it. So uh, the, the interesting thing is that you know, for 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 all the smoke and mirrors and and hocus pocus that that um, has built up to this for the last few months, this is just a match, right? They're, they're, at least at the moment, there's no stipulations, nothing. Um, so in in terms of the best possible outcome. Maybe it's just a good wrestling match. I, I, I can't imagine that that this I, doesn't yeah. have uh, a tons of gimmickry. Uh,
1: but but what if they just go in there and just have like a good match? Well, I think <laughs> your optimism is really I, I, uh, I, out of I, control I, right now. No, because the thing is, I think any hope of that in my mind is gone because I think with the way that uh, the fiend is being presented now, where he's like returned from the dead or whatever the heck it is. I think his even his in-ring work is going to be so gimmicky yes. now to the point yeah. of you know he's going to be like the yeti or something you know yeah. and I think it's going to it's going to be almost unwatchable you know especially look cuz even Orton look Orton and I think we've said this Orton is like the perfect WWE superstar that you could create in a lab somewhere like he has everything you could ever want you know he's got a good look He's decent on the mic. He always delivers, like, a decent match. You know, He's he's got the 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 legacy of his family. He's just got it all, but the sum is less than... Uh, I always mess up this metaphor, but the, the whole is less than the sum of the parts for whatever reason. Yeah. So he's not even your guy if you go like, well, you know, Orton's going to take care of him. It's going to be fine. Like, I don't think he has that in him to do. Like, he's not... You know, look, let me put it this way. If The Fiend was having... A match, even this fiend was having a match with 1996 Shawn Michaels or 1982 Ric Flair or something. Mm-hmm. I would go, hey, you know what? Uh, this could still be all right. But I'm not thinking that right now. Yeah.
0: and And, and it's funny because. Orton has has kind of created this reputation for himself in the last few years, largely from his own doing on social media of being like the the, the flag bearer for like uh, a traditional pro wrestling. Where he's the one out there um, teasing wrestlers for slapping their thighs and and all that. And who has, you know, bastardized what pro wrestling is more than Randy Orton and, <laughs> and Ray Wyatt in, in the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my my expectations, my hopes are about as low as they can be for this um i you know i'm up for a a good spectacle as much as as anybody i mean i don't know i mean who knows they're gonna have a whole stadium to play with who knows what they do the 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 one may if i'm gonna be uh uh, optimistic and and maybe see the, the the silver lining here is that um now in front of an audience i would hope that reduces the the um The ability or the temptation to do too much of the post-produced gimmickry, right, where you're like swapping out the body and setting a a mannequin on fire. Hopefully, whatever it is that they're going to do, they do it there in front of the fans, and maybe that limits how stupid it's going to be. So I don't know um next up uh biggie and uh, apollo cruz a a little surprised to see biggie kind of in this slot you know there was some talk months back that they he might be in a world title match by by wrestlemania he was on that kind of trajectory uh instead working with apollo cruz who's another guy kind of coming up from a a place low on the cards who i think has done really good work um you know The the first week or so of of this character, the heel character, I really liked it. I don't know if they've taken it too far. You know, the the accent that just kind of materialized uh, out of nowhere and this being a uh, Nigerian drum fight. Um, I don't know what that means. I guess it's just sort of a street fight. Uh, I like heel Apollo Crews. I think it works. And, um, you know, Biggie's good. So uh, this feels like maybe a a decent opener for night two, something like that. Uh, What do you think about this one?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean on paper just the two of them uh, just at that I think will will put together a good match. I think Biggie definitely still in my opinion has not reached his potential yet and I think he will. Um uh, it is a shame I did sort of envision I was I was really hoping for Roman Reigns big E main event. And I mean now, you know, the way the way that he's positioned now, that's unthinkable obviously, but I mean like 6 months ago I was thinking, "Hey, I, I I would like to see them get him to that point." Um that's not where he's at right now. And you know, the cruise thing, I mean, it's funny to me how WWE will they always love to cash in on Joining in on the joke, you know, they'll make fun of like, "Oh, Mantor, do you remember Mantor? Oh, do you remember, uh, you know, when we did mm-hmm. uh, Bastion Booger and everybody? You know, they like to be in on the joke, but then they'll do something like this, and it always reminds you. You could be in on the joke all you want, but you are the guys who gave us Mantor and Bastion Yeah, at some Booger point you thought man- this up. was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, right? so you thought that was wonderful. And you think this is wonderful now. And, you know, I, I guess they're trying to make it into something that is, you know, not offensive and not cringeworthy. And it's just um, uh, it's a little kind of confusing. I guess it's it, they're trying to do something more with Apollo Cruz, who who did come across as a little bit generic in the past, as talented as he is. Um, I just don't know. I, I, I think stripping away any of the of of the extra stuff and the gimmicks and the bells and whistles just on paper when the bells ring when the bell rings yeah i mean i think this is going to be a pretty good match for sure yeah um
0: next up uh Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh looks like which, which of the Pauls is it Jake Paul or is it Logan Paul one of those Logan, Logan Paul i believe um is going to be involved in this uh, somehow um you know Everything else aside, I think it's really cool that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are wrestling at WrestleMania. You know, I, I remember seeing them at you know the Manhattan Center Ballroom years ago, and uh, it's got to be one of the longest-running <laughs> uh, uh, stories, right? Uh, few sometimes few, sometimes partnership, but but two guys, you know, linked that way uh, now for fifteen years, and. um there was a a, a couple years ago, they were in a, in a ladder match together at WrestleMania, uh, but it wasn't one-on-one. It was like a multi-person a ladder match. Uh, but but this being kind of the, the next step. And now finally, Owens versus Zane at WrestleMania, uh, I think is kind of cool. It You know, it, it's not that big a match on the show, even though I guess the Logan Paul involvement is going to give it a little bit more uh, of a boost. Um, You know, both guys, I'm sure will work really hard. I'm sure they they're getting a big kick out of, you know, working with each other at WrestleMania. So if nothing else, I think it's a, a neat little side note for history.
1: Yeah, for sure. It does have the vibe of being, you know, it's one of those feuds that comes and goes and it's always there on the back burner and you could always kind of draw on it if you're looking to get you know heat and fans some fans have a long memory about these things and it's something that I think is for those kinds of fans like the fans that you know NXT fans and people like that and people that really remember I, I think it's a cool bone to throw to fans like that so I'm kind of I'm, I'm pretty psyched for that one
0: yeah uh and then uh US Championship uh, Riddle versus Sheamus I mean this really feels like Two guys who didn't have a, a an obvious match, and they they threw them together, uh, a, a quickie angle to to get something. Kind of reminds me of uh, Edge and Booker T with the uh, the shampoo commercial angle uh, back 20 years ago. Uh, so so just throwing this out there, both guys, terrific. I, I, I mean, I don't have huge hopes for this. This doesn't feel like a match that's really there to to steal the show. It, it, it's just sort of filler. My one prediction for, I don't know for the match, but but just for kind of this whole angle, uh, is a backstage segment with Riddle and Rob Van Dam at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, Whatever. that seems to really yeah. be, that needs to happen. And, and by the way, too, uh, w- just to really quickly say, you know, we didn't mention him, but I would have to say, I mean, he was one of the definitely more most deserving people I felt of the of both and the least
0: people. scripted, I think. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. I mean, that was really. I saw. I've seen some people say, "Oh, I don't see how how he's worthy," and I, I don't get that. I mean, if he's not worthy, I don't know who the heck is. Especially, you know, in the last like twenty five thirty years. I mean, you know, he he's a huge deal. He's a he. Yeah I mean he he's so influential and so unique and I was glad to see him go in but but I didn't mean to derail that but to get no, back That's
0: fine to- and, and 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 I'll derail it a little bit further I I I think part of it is that um, for, for a certain generation, when you think of like the Hall of Fame, you think, like, who are the stars of the, the 80s and early 90s? Uh, but then you've got to realize that now the the Hall of Fame, I know the Hall of Fame goes back close to 30 years, but it's kind of an annual tradition. Um, it's going on 20 years, I guess, in 2004 is when they really right. kind of um, got it going annually. And there have been, you know, a couple of generations of wrestling since then, and and now uh, a Rob Van Damme, You know, you're talking a guy from 20 plus years ago uh, who is still kind of active. But like, yeah, I mean, you have to kind of start uh, evaluating his career and the career of people from his era, his contemporaries, kind of in the rearview mirror. And you're right. Yeah. I mean, if if that's not a Hall of Fame career, I don't know what is. So, uh, yeah,
1: the full circle aspect of the fact that, you know, 15 years ago he was on stage inducting his mentor the sheep, yeah. you know from a previous generation and now he's going in you know i think that's just so perfect but yeah i would love i would love to see uh something with him and riddle it- it's almost so perfect you almost feel like it had to have happened before but i guess it never <laughs> happened uh, that yeah. would be great uh, as long as there aren't like birds flying around because somebody needs to explain what that what on earth is <laughs> all about with riddle it- with the birds but yeah i don't know i don't know it it does
0: feel like um I was a little surprised to and and less so with with um Van Damme than with riddle but that they've kind of um embraced that part of his character um in yeah. kind of a positive way because uh, you know I know I know mcMahon hysteric uh, historically uh, maybe not as big a fan as of some of that stuff uh but he's clearly a baby face and he's clearly a stoner and they seem to be kind of having fun with it
1: Right. I loved the uh, I think it was during all of fame backstage stuff where or it might have been might have been raw where the New Day was kind of making the joke that just from hanging around and talking with Riddle, they felt like they might have. <laughs> yeah, stuck. I mean, I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad at least that McIntyre isn't stuck with Seamus. I was getting a little worried, oh, yeah. that, especially when they took the title off him. I was getting worried that that was going to be his mania match, and I, I'm I'm am sorry to say that about Sheamus, but I'm really relieved that it's not, you no. know. And he had a really good match at, at Fastlane, so yes, they did. It it did but yeah. but it, that was not a mania worthy match for him.
0: Yeah. And then um, lastly, uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defending their tag team titles against uh, TBD, the team of TBD. Um, so again, how, what this is will will depend on what we see the first night. Um, I I hope that uh, there, you know, there is a monkey wrench thrown in here. I think about uh, Charlotte not being on the show, Bailey not being on the show, Becky Lynch maybe. Uh, th- that's more kind of far fetched, but um, it-, it does feel like this needs to be something more than, you know, Lana or or something like that. Who's Lana's partner these days? I don't even remember.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. it's Naomi. Uh, Naomi.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I don't. You know, I, I think almost anybody uh, from that tag team turmoil match that's been announced. None of that really works, you know, some more than others. And 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 some could put on better matches than others. But in terms of delivering some some gravitas for WrestleMania, uh, I, I think it needs to be some kind of surprise.
1: Well, you know, one surprise, and I almost feel like this is so good that I feel like I'm almost spoiling it in case it happens. But but I mean, you're, you're talking about Bailey having nothing. Yeah, and you're, you're talking about somebody that she's got a history with. What about Bailey and Becky Lynch showing up as a team? I mean, that's, that's yeah, the-
0: I mean that's right. one of the things. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know where Becky Lynch is. You know, ready to come back? She's still still very much as a baby at home. Uh, but but these days, is it is it more doable because you're not on the road? Uh, you know, is is does this interest her? I don't know. You know, you you it it's yeah. been close to a year now since she's been gone. But been gone. But but you forget Becky Lynch was about as big a star as they had. And, she was
1: the biggest star that they had for yeah, a little she, while there. Yeah, she. And if she's
0: available, then yeah, this it makes
1: sense to to bring her out uh, this weekend. I think she was the biggest uh, female star they had had since China, in my opinion, uh, at that, and may, maybe even more than that, in, for a moment in time. But do we even know that she even is planning to come back? I mean, right. I don't know. If that no. even addressed. We don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's got that link through through Seth, so. Um... It's always a, a phone call away, I guess. Uh, but but I don't know, you know um, if if there's ever the opportunity to kind of reach out and 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 bring her back, you'd you'd think this would be it. so, and WrestleMania needs something. You know, we've talked about all all the people who who won't be there and for various reasons can't be there. Um, if this is doable, whether this is it or not, their tag team uh, match or not, or just coming out and and cutting a promo. Uh, I, I think that's something that they got to try to go out of the way to do because WrestleMania kind of needs that uh, this year so. Uh, hopefully. Uh, and then uh, that's really it. You know, uh, um, I, I guess the matches that, that were thought to be on WrestleMania are going to be on SmackDown. Um, instead, you know, the special WrestleMania edition of of SmackDown Ziggler and rude versus the street profits kind of surprised in particular, not to see the street profits on, on the main show since they've been such a big part of the product over the last year. Uh, and then the, uh, the Andre, the giant battle Royal is coming back um, just throwing everybody else uh, who is not booked on that show. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of weird, you know, two nights uh, of, of programming and they still somehow left a lot of people, uh, off this show it, it, who, um, Bailey being obviously the, 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 biggest, but, uh, any other people that you're surprised to see, uh, not on the show who, who are available Nakamura is one that kind of comes to mind.
1: Yeah. Especially cause I thought they were trying to really build him back. Um, uh, yeah. and that, I guess is not the case, but I mean, oh man, I'm, I mean, I'm drawing a blank, but there are a lot, there Baron are. Baron Corbin, uh, who, who oh, was, I don't, uh, mind, I don't mind that. Yeah. One. But there, Corbin gets a bad rap. I like Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know you do. I know you do. Um, there's, there's, there's a bunch. I mean, it's sort of almost like an embarrassment of riches that they have such an incredible roster, but you would think then, especially with mania being two nights, that they didn't have to worry as much about the show's going too long so they would be able to fit you know people like that in but again you know you don't you also don't want to run the risk or get into the pattern which they were doing for years of this attitude of every single person on the roster has to be on the card every year at WrestleMania which was not always the case and at some point it just became the norm i think it was in the attitude era because you would have a lot more excuses to do it like you'd have all these Hardcore matches and battle royals and triple threats and fatal four ways and things that they didn't used to do so often, and so you could cram everybody in there. But you know, I I don't necessarily think you need to every year have everybody on there. Uh, yeah, know, I course. agree. I,
0: I, I'd, I'd but, that rather- said,
1: but that said, there are still some glaring omissions for sure.
0: Yeah, and and um, I'm okay and have been okay with, with some people being relegated to the the pre-show, um, and if nothing else, you're in the building, you're you're kind of part of that night. Uh, I, I think the bummer is seeing them do it on on smack on a taped SmackDown in front of the Thunderdome. Uh, it's just not the same thing, and especially for the the battle royal, which I uh, they didn't do last. They might not have done it in the last couple years actually, uh, but but I thought was kind of a nice WrestleMania tradition. It sounds like there's not much of a pre-show uh, either night. I guess th- there will be something on the network, but I guess it's going to be mostly hype. And then uh show starts at, at eight. And I don't, I, how how long do you assume each night's going to go? Are you thinking uh, four hours? Could You know, th- their average pay-per-views uh, as of late have been less than three hours.
1: Right. I think it's probably going to be eight to 11 both nights. Yeah, that's, that's sort of short for WrestleMania, but it's fine, you know. Six uh, hours total, though, I mean. You know. Yeah,
0: but three hours a night, I mean, again, it might be shorter than, than most Raws. So uh, we will see, uh, but I, I am looking forward to it, and um, hopefully you and me can connect uh, uh, right after, um, I guess, night two and uh, give our thoughts. Yeah, I would love that. That would be okay. great. Okay. All right, Brian, thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon.